Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey Dave. Yeah Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And uh, welcome to the H&J Daily, the best bits of this afternoon's show, which is quite Jones-heavy. We had John Owen Jones, quite a Welsh name, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. He's a lovely fella, singer, actor, a big rugby fan, so we, we covered all the ground with him. And another Jones, Andy. Milton Jones. Yeah, yeah, comedian, Arsenal fan, he popped in. We had a little bit of Don't Ask Me as well. We chatted about various things, some of it serious, some of it not. And I think that's just about yeah. it, isn't it? I've called out Mike Riley. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, so, uh, here it is. <laughs> with my fascination for Mike Riley. I'm just fascinated You're fascinated by Mike Riley? I am fascinated by anybody that can get so much criticism yeah. from his peers, so much criticism from experts, and so much criticism from the fans, and still think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. That takes some You've got front. to have a very it, strong character. Well, you have. You've got to... How do you sit there at night and go, oh, no, they're all wrong, I'm right. I'm definitely still right. No, no. Yeah, but Mike, you know, the, the, everybody's saying that the refs have got to look at it. Maybe he tossed and he turned last <laughs> night. You don't know how sure oh, he is. I he doubt, may be. I he doubt may whether be, he did. He may be sitting in a. You know that scene you always see in a pro when somebody just suddenly goes into a church and sits at the back, and then the priest or the <laughs> vicar comes over and sits with them and sits. Mate, it could be Mike today. He could be sitting there at the back of a church somewhere in the middle of nowhere, well, I hope contemplating he, whether I hope he, he, is. he should send <laughs> officials to the monitors or not. <laughs> The thing, I mean, that controversial one, the, the sort of the, the foul, the first United goal or United's goal yesterday. Yeah. The thing about that incident was you could argue it either way. Some people will say it was a foul. Other people will say it isn't a foul. Mm. The only person that really should be deciding is Martin Atkinson. Yeah. Not a bloke in Stockbridge Park. Yeah. Not anybody else. Not me, not you, him. So because it was controversial, surely it was worth another look. I, then, then if Martin Atkinson looks at mm. it again and says, no, I definitely think that wasn't enough to bring Origi down, he sort of threw himself, whatever he thought, I go, OK, don't necessarily agree with it, but at least you're the final arbiter. That is what should happen. Yeah. In, in, uh, although in danger of repeating myself, because I said this mm. about four weeks ago, the, we've got the very worst of both worlds at mm. the moment. We've got a situation where the referee is making a call and the, the VAR is effectively made. Mm. We might as well not have VAR for subjective calls because we know they're always going to back the referee. It's because ridiculous. as everybody has said, the bar for clearing obviously has been set so high uh, they're never going to fail it. Otherwise, we would have had at least one decision overturned for an attacking team. And the Delafoe penalty the other day, <laughs> I was sitting in the stadium after it happened 
happened. Somebody put a clip out, as they yeah. always do. I watched it back and I thought, blimey, we dodged a bullet there. I mean, that was definitely... I mean, it, it was, was a penalty. Yeah, of course it was. It was so, absolutely a penalty. So you've got and it's a, ridiculous. So you have got a situation now where Chris Kavanagh's there in the stadium and he doesn't, maybe he doesn't see it clearly or maybe he honestly thinks it. Had he given it, they would have backed him. Uh, he didn't give it, they backed him anyway. So what's the point? And if it's the idea is to protect referees and make it look like they get most things right, we're all seeing with our own eyes that they're not. No. So I mean, Alan Shearer making a, p- a point in his column today said, how professional referees looking at that incident, this was the Delafeo one, uh, in real time and then in slow motion, don't think that's a penalty, is beyond me. Well, to be honest, I don't think they do, Alan. I'm not at all surprised if the VAR official sits there. Is it David Coote who was the guy? I mean, he's got okay. quite notorious off the back of that one today. He was the He was, he was the one VAR. yesterday. He was the, no, I think he was. Well, the he was one. Yeah, so he's the VAR official. It doesn't matter because they're all exactly the same. The principle's the same. You're not going to go against your mate. Whereas yeah. if somebody said to Kavanagh, go and look at that. If Kavanagh decides it's not a penalty, then you go, okay, that's like any decision. It's his view. I reckon they sit in that box and they at Stockley Park and they say, that's a pen all day. But, you know, we've got to back Chris up. We don't hang him out to dry, you know. We, so we won't. We won't overrule it. It's and we can, they can hide behind the fact that the bar Sorry, is set Riley, so Sorry, but it's got to stop, mate. Yeah, it's, it's really got to stop. You've got to do something about this. You well, cannot sit there and part, think you're right when okay, you're completely what, wrong. What can he do? He can turn around and say... We're getting he can mo- turn around and do what he said in the last no, international exactly. break. Is they're going to go and look at the monitors. Not one ref's done that since he said it. He's already... What we want him to do, he has already done. He's already said, I've given my... I mean, if a referee like Martin Atkinson or Mike Dean <laughs> don't go and look at a monitor, senior refs that, that are so big, or Michael Oliver, mm. those sorts of referees that don't think, well, if I do go at the monitor and Mike told me not to, I'll be doing Woking next week. <laughs> so these are big refs, and there aren't a good enough good no, top-quality refs and in the, the Premier other thing League. They get, and they're getting every aspect of this wrong, but, I mean, the idea that, that yesterday, and no-one said anything, but, you know, it costs a lot of money to go to football and subscribe to football on TV, and we're being done. How could there only be one minute of added time oh, yeah. in that game after two long VAR debates in the first half? It can't have been one well, minute of added time. That's ridiculous. The end of the Tottenham game, uh, for example, uh, we were all sitting there saying there's going to be five, six, maybe even seven minutes in this because it was the perfect storm of uh, quite a long VAR over the Delhi Alley goal, five substitutions... And ben Foster. And, and Ben Foster <laughs> is absolute best. The king of time wasting. Do footballers uh, sorry, do referees not watch football? Have they not watched Ben Foster throughout his career? <laughs> uh-huh. If I was a referee, uh-huh. I, I would as soon as what well, I mean I, I know I'm bitter and all that, but th- forgetting no, that. No, it's a, I, we've I'm, all for, suffered at Ben's. I'm backing hands. yeah. So I'm backing away from I mean, like, he's, a, he's a lovely man, he's a great goalkeeper. Yeah, he's being professional, he's doing his yeah, job. He's getting away Absolutely. with it because the refs let him. That's but it. if I'm Chris Cavan and I watch football. Uh, I would as soon as Watford went in touch and he started straight yeah. oh, sorry went in front yeah. so he started straight away taking three quarters <laughs> of an hour to take them um, I'd go up and say okay I'll give you two of those Ben and then I know what you like um, I'll, I'm going to book you got six seconds mate the, the, you know the rules Absolutely. but not three quarters of an hour so four minutes he gave us four minutes with Ben Foster in his pomp five yeah. substitutions and a long VAR over Delhi Alley which of course came up wrong on the screen someone at Stockley Park had one job to press goal or no goal yeah. and press the wrong one well done well done everybody but so, I think yeah. more seriously uh, than, that, than VAR VAR is just an irritation 
is the incident at uh, Haringey Borough. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the most significant event in White Hart Lane, certainly. Yeah, there were uh, three the weekend. examples of racism. And you just look at these people and you think, after all that that happened in, in the England-Bulgaria game, after the condemnation everywhere, you people, you still think that it's OK to do this. And when we went to uh, Troy Townsend's Kick It Out uh, discussion about racism, there were some people going, well, I think points should be deducted and people should be thrown out of tournaments. And I was thinking, oh, that's very draconian. That's going to punish everybody else. Now, I've changed my mind. I just think this is the only answer to stopping this, is points deduction and expulsion from tournaments, because then fans will become self-policing. Because when these Herberts start doing this, all the decent fans around them, they should be doing this anyway, but they should Because be. of the level of je- jeopardy yeah, at that level, point, yeah. We'll say, look, hang on a minute, don't stop doing that, we're going to get thrown out, we're going to lose points. We're gonna, yeah. could be, you know, and that, They'll offer the, them up. They'll offer these people up in the way yeah. they probably don't at I the moment. it's the only yeah. way. The only I, thing, I mean, uh, the, the only thing you can think is, I mean, and we heard this, didn't he, from Tony Loisu, the manager, he said he's had his players abused for years and nothing oh, yeah. has really ever been done no, about it. So... What's happening now is people are saying I'm not sticking up for him. I'm not. I'm not standing oh, no, it's for him. It's going in the right direction. It's definitely yeah. going in the right direction. So I think you know we keep, we we keep talking about where the yeah. bar has been raised at a high level. Well, it's been in lowered in that case as well, isn't it? And a bloke in front of me at Chelsea. This is much more minor, but it's, it was very irritating. He kept standing up. So in the end, I turned around to him and said, look, can you stop standing up every time? Like, he was behind you? No, he was in front of me. Oh, OK, fair enough. I was going to say that would be a bit much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you mind not standing yeah. up behind me? No, he's standing up in front of me. And But I don't mind, you know, when it's like someone's bearing down on goal, oh, I understand everybody stands up. I get the excitement. But this guy was standing up as soon as the ball was practically crossing the halfway line. He was standing up. I said to him, mate, can you... He got so annoyed and so aggravated me. I'm entitled. I can stand... I can do what I like. Honestly, no, you can't, mate. No. I think you're fine. You'll be thrown out the ground because you're not allowed to stand You up. look at these people. I've paid my... No, you haven't. Yeah. And this is the attitude of people. This is the thing. He wanted to stand up, so he thought it was fine. Yeah. And everybody... We should have got him booted out. Well, fortunately for him, other people turned around and said to him, I think you should listen to what you're saying. Yeah. And he stopped doing it. You only tell a steward and the steward yeah. watches it and he exactly. kicks him out the I wouldn't. No, no, that was the next stage. I had uh, I'd, two Korean lads sitting in front of us with their Son shirts on. I'd never mm. seen They obviously just kind of mm. came along for the game. Um, they looked a bit downcast for about 45 minutes. Oh, he, was, he was on the bench. <laughs> and uh, one of them basically just took pictures of the stadium on his phone. <laughs> Tremendous. Yeah, and he, I think he'll be going back. Some of the Watford <laughs> songs will be um, translated when he gets home. But then as soon as uh, Sonny came on... Oh, then they came alive. They didn't get. he didn't get too excited when Son was that kind of on and he hit the bar, he had that shot. And yeah, they just um, they both sat there. They didn't. One of them just went, Whoa! just did that noise. It was like Clive Tildesley, <laughs> Korean Clive Tildesley. Um, That's good. But, but beyond that, they didn't. Yeah, but it wasn't a lot to get excited about, sadly. But uh, yeah, we are no. getting a lot of. South Korean fans coming uh, two games these days because Sonny's such a superstar. Yeah, that's right. Well, and they are very welcome. And the stadium is a big attraction as well. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, uh, I enjoyed the second half of our game. Uh, honestly, Steve Bruce is Jurassic Steve and his tactics. Really, I haven't seen I haven't seen football like that for a long time. Actually. Really, knock it into the channels, long throws. You know, sitting back in numbers. You know, you're waiting for I, Fash to come on, we? <laughs> just say I prefer Newcastle under Kevin Keegan. To be really honest, okay. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
from TalkSport. Andy, um, it was great to see, you know the weather's turning mm. colder, although it wasn't because it was about sort of 60 degrees. What an incredible day it was. Uh, yeah. Gloves, um, uh, Saint Maximin was wearing mm. gloves and uh, Gerard, escape De- our notice. Gerard Delafeo was <laughs> <Yeah>. wearing gloves. <laughs> honestly. Uh, I mean, honestly. The bloke in front of us was wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> what, the posty? Gloves, yeah. I'm guessing he was a posty. But why, I mean, really, this is not gloves weather, is it yet, really? For no, goodness sake. I would have thought so. Um, the actress Ruth Wilson has been talking about her latest uh, oh, yeah. role. God, <laughs> and, you're a piece of work. Why? She was on our train on the way back She from was Cardiff. on our train coming back from Cardiff. But, uh, Andy, she I was doing just, a bit of a film. Andy Mitchell, just, she had the old beanie pulled down. Copra, I, I recognise her. They never escaped. Andy, like, kept, like um, Andy kept wanting to walk past. He was so <laughs> desperate to have a conversation with her and say how much, how much of a fan he was. Well, she you? might like football. You never uh, yes, you may be a maybe a Dagenham <laughs> fan as well. Yes, right. He did try and give her give her his business card, his art, artist's business card. <laughs> there was a special guest yesterday at the game, the Manchester United mm. Liverpool game. King Harold the Fifth was there. Really? Yeah, King Harold the Fifth of He's, whom? Of uh, Norway. Oh, he was okay. there, Oli, of course, and uh, <clears throat> he was there in the yeah. director's box. But he's Tottenham fan. Mm. Good old King Harold. Well, it's probably from uh, Eric King Harold of, King Harold of Kane. <laughs> and uh, no, it was, it was Stretch from, Everson. It was yeah, it was Stretch. <laughs> it was from the 1960s. Uh, really? He studied in London in the 60s. Did oh. he's 82 now? 82, ladies and gentlemen. And King Harold. King right Harold was him. there, and uh, but uh, yeah, well, he yeah. was he's a Tottenham fan. Um, there's a, a young player for Rochdale called Oliver Rathbone, and I was thinking there would have been a time 20 years ago, and he was known in the dressing room as Basil. Baz or Bazza. Yes. But of course, no one's going to know. The kids aren't going to know who Basil Rathbone is, the fine actor who played <laughs> no. Sherlock Holmes before Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> They're definitely but not. Because Luke Varney is like quite old now. Sorry, mm. Luke, if you listen, he's 37, you know, I'd quite be quite glad mm. to be 37 again. But in terms of a footballer's career, 37, he is called Reg because he's been around long enough oh, yeah. for that. Um, well, I'm guessing he's called Reg, but for long enough for young players to be told what that means. Oh, that's all right. Because how many hushed conversations have there been from like 19? Year old player saying, Why do you call him Reg? Why'd you call him Reg? I've seen called on the buses. It was a bloke in a sitcom. I've never seen it either, but uh, you know, one of the other older players. It's like handed down. <laughs> it's true. It's handed down in folklore. Now, I learned quite a lot from studying the uh, names of racing uh, or horse races, and the 320 at Pontefract today is the KC Ethical and S- Sustainable British Caviar Handicap. Sounds good. Who knew? Did you know there was British caviar? Well, I didn't know that. British caviar? I've got to be honest, I've not really given it a great deal of thought. <laughs> well, I've never heard really, of it. You know. Is it cheaper than beluga? Probably is, isn't it? How much are you paying for British caviar? Well, it's um, going to be less than you're paying for ordinary caviar. Okay, I'll, I'll try that for you. British caviar, Andy. Caviar's the most expensive thing, I think, in existence. It's just the most ridiculous. For the amount of money you pay, for the amount of money you get... I wanted to buy Malate Dad. Exmoor. They make it down there. Exmoor Caviar. Oh, wow. just seen if I'd one. known about it. Exmoor it National Park. When the producer's next down at uh, Playmore watching Torquay get gubbed, he can pick some up. Yeah, they won 3-2 two on the two. weekend. They beat Boreham yeah. Wood. That's right. Ca- British Caviar. Meet the men who struck black gold on Exmoor. This is from 2014. Yeah, this was a, this is a thing, and It's a story. So uh, maybe yeah. they mine for it. They mine for it. <laughs> that's fair they enough. dig in Exmoor for caviar. <laughs> it's, that's probably not where it comes from. Kurt Cobain from uh, Nirvana. Oh, yeah. The late Kurt Cobain. He's yeah. Fluffy Cardigan. Kurt it... Cobain or Kurt Cobain? <laughs> well, I don't mind. It depends how you want to say his name. I don't know. The Cobain <laughs> family. Kurt, it's Kurt Cobain. Cobain. Yeah. <laughs> I like him as Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain? 
Yeah, that, yeah that, that, that'll do. Kurt, that's I fine. always called him Kurt Cobain. You I don't know well, that's, you know, that's why he never liked you. I like Nirvana. Yeah. The, his fluffy cardigan. Like Nirvana, me, me. Alan. <laughs> Neil Warnock once yeah, said. He would do. His fluffy cardigan went at auction for 200 grand. Yeah. We all know who bought it. Who was it? Cardi B. Of course. <laughs> of course it was. If you're going to wear a cardigan, wear Kurt Cobain's <laughs> uh, cardigan. Producer was very excited because Ralph Little yeah. has landed the plumber's role in showbiz. It's a great gig. He's going to be taking over from uh, Ardlo Hanlon. <laughs> Hanlon. <laughs> you don't know who Ardlo Hanlon is. Ardlo Hanlon. <laughs> he hates VAT as well. He does. But um, he anyway, is. That's right. We'll have to get, we'll have to get yeah, Ralph in this. But everybody who's had that part, Chris Marshall came in, yeah. and they all bemoan the fact. Oh, oh no, they all say it's hard. It's hard it? work. You want to oh, live yeah, on a Caribbean yeah. island for three months, mate, and see how you like it. I'm thinking, sounds all right to me. Sounds good to me. They all say it's a, oh, it's a hard gig after a while. Talk anyway. about being on holiday. Uh, in former England star Michael Owen, this is in the Daily Star today, yeah. he likes to prop up the bar on holiday, mm. saying he starts drinking at midday uh, but spends his time chatting. I'm annoyingly restless, says Michael. When we're in Dubai, there are quite a lot of people there and uh, I, it's become a bit of a standing joke. I don't know why. What, talking to Michael Owen for six hours. So he's one of those blokes who won't know what he is. He's one of those blokes. You know you go up to the bar mm. now and again and there's always a bloke sitting at the bar yeah. and you get around in and then you'll have five minutes with them, mm. and you s sit back down with the people you're with, and then somebody else goes up, and he'll have five minutes with them. So Michael's one of those. He just sits at the bar all day talking to different <laughs> people. He's you wouldn't think from his punditry. You wouldn't think from his punditry. He's a kind of he's a kind of raconteur who sits there, Houston off like telling loads of great tales. <laughs> no, I don't know his books very good. He's probably though, got so. a lot of great tales to tell. So probably yeah, has. Yeah, but uh, mm. yeah, there we are, Michael Owen. They're propping up the bar next time you're in Dubai. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Sharon, and here's where it gets interesting. Raise your hand if you want salon perfect nails for just $2 a manicure. Yeah, me too. With the Alvin June Manny system, you can say goodbye to expensive services that take hours and hours and love your nails more than ever. I would know I've been doing it for years. Get 20% off your first Manny system with code PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. That's PERFECTMANNY20 at alvinjune.com slash PERFECTMANNY20. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. 
Paul Walks, Annie Jacobs here on Talksport. Joining us in the studio now, mate, the welcome return is the uh, comedian Arsenal fan, an exotic shirt wearer, although not today. Uh, Milton <laughs> well, I don't Jones. Know, underneath that, I've, I've got my radio shirt on today. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you're wearing layers. You're wearing a jumper, but looking under the jumper now, I can see there is quite a loud shirt there. Yes, and pants as well, very loud. <laughs> that yes. is quite a trademark look, isn't it? I mean, how, how many how many do you have in the collection these uh, days? Between sixty and seventy shirts in the collection. Wow, yes. A lot of Hawaiian ones, I noticed. From yes, the website. and it's quite difficult to get exactly the right kind. It needs to be not your kind of stereotypical stag night Hawaiian. It yeah. needs to be, oh, that looks, no, that's not right, <laughs> is it? <laughs> so it's quite hard to find. So charity shops, retro shops, right. and now people send me them as well. Oh, which oh is that's great. nice. Do you, have a, amazing. do you have a favourite? You know, is there a one? Uh, that, is there a good gig? One that you did a brilliant gig in that you always turn to? Yeah, but they don't last very long because eventually you do a bad gig and yeah. then it gets chucked <laughs> out again. So and then they've gone. Uh, I've got a nice purpley one at the moment. Moment that's working well for me. Oh, oh good. that's good. That's mm. good because yeah, a new year you embark on a, an a extensive tour, don't mm, you? Uh, yes. A big four month. They're basically more or less working every night, really. Aren't they? Yes. Well, it takes ages to write a show, so you may as well flog it to death and mm. get out there. And uh, once you set up the van and uh, all hotels, then put it all in a row yeah. and uh, do the North and Scotland and Ireland, do it all at once. Yeah. It's a, a, a people, I'm, I'm sure people will be familiar with your work. It is, it's quick fire. It's, it's yeah. high gag per minute quota, isn't it? Really? It is, yes. And to do an hour and a half of that, that's a, 250 to 300 gags wow. at least. With and other, these are all fresh, this is wow. all fresh material for all the fresh, tour. All uh, fresh, not been on telly and I'm busy trying them out at the moment. Yes, yeah. I suppose yes. that's the key, isn't it? You do lots of warm-ups and you... Yeah. And you are there some, though, you think, oh, now that's, that's going to bring the house down and then are you are oh, you surprised yes. they don't? Oh, so often. You think, yeah. I think I've written the best joke in the world and you get there and it's not. However, mm. the thing I improvise off the top of it is funny, apparently, so that stays in. So you'd never have got to point B without doing okay. gag A that failed. And do you keep true. faith with a gag? Do you think, you know what, that just didn't go tonight, but I, I believe in that. And then you, you yeah. put it back in, it goes, and then you keep it. Yeah, and there are things that I've had in my file for 10 years that I've suddenly brought back and thought, no, it's the other way round, or you put this word yeah, yeah. here, and yeah. then it works. Because it's all about putting a little cartoon in people's heads mm. and then pulling the rug from under it at the end. So uh, it is not, it's always about coming fresh to it, yeah. saying how might that work. Mm. So uh, when, when you're on the road, is yeah. it just you, the tour manager, or have you got a support act? Uh, I've got a support act. Uh, a young guy called Tom Horton is coming with me. Uh, tour manager, occasionally an agent or something. Mm. Um, but there's a van full of props. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. So um, it starts in January, but people can catch you out about doing kind of warm-ups and yes, trying out this material. Absolutely. I'm all over town, little clubs and stuff with bits of paper, <laughs> reading out things and improvising off the back of the thing that didn't work. So, I mean, and it's a bit like doing your homework as well. There's nothing like facing an, an audience or a deadline or seeing people buying tickets for a show you mm. haven't written to make mm. you think, okay, now I need to do this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and your hair, I mean, it's, today it's pretty normal, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. your publicity photos, it's wild, isn't it? I oh, mean, yes. Do you do sort of what Ken Dodd used to do? Do you sort of... Shush it up before you go on. Absolutely, and I always say uh, the thicker the crowd, the higher the hair has to go. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for that when yeah. you're on tour. Yes. So at... it's down here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. And the tour is called Milton Impossible. Yes, and it's a sort of spy-themed thing. You know? Oh, okay. Uh, 
Yes, I'm not quite sure why I lost my job with MI5 as an interrogator, and I didn't like to ask. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, we, I, I'm, I'm loath to ask you, Gags, because you've got so many to get through yeah. in the evening. But I mean, said, um, I was talking to you about TV. As you, if you do like, if you do live at the Apollo and do ten minutes on there, yeah. that's a lot of material. So when you're doing TV around this time, it's, it's good to get the name out there, but not necessarily to do the gags that people are going to hear when you're on this tour. Absolutely, and anything that's topical I throw in because that will die anyway. Yeah. And, uh, yes, the the new stuff is in the new tour, and I'm sort of butchering the last tour when I do little bits on television. Mm. Uh, Mark the Week and stuff, I'm using old stuff, but... Uh, yeah, it's very labour-intensive. Yeah. I've made a rod from my own back. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that on your website you've got a page for awards. That's pretty cool, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Have you seen it, though? <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's his trophy cabinet. Well, yeah, it's a virtual trophy. There's yeah, a few fantastic. wins, there's a few yeah, nominations. Yeah, exactly, yeah. They all count, they're better yes. than nothing. Uh, I was reading the other day, uh, your lad is a professional skateboarder. Yes, he's sort of semi-pro, but he is. I mean, there's no point in me telling him to get a proper job. So, it's like, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so yes, he does. He does. Travels the world and uh, gets every so often the doorbell rings and there are loads of trainers and boards given by his sponsors. And, wow! Uh, yeah, so uh, is that something you were you into that you would go out and have a little bit of a father and son skateboarding? In the no, morning? not at all. I mean, he was skating and then we went skiing once. And I said, "I'll teach you snowboarding, son." He said, "Okay," and he disappeared within ten minutes. So I couldn't catch him. <laughs> yeah. Natural. Yeah, basically, yeah. and he had That's the balance amazing. and all all the stuff. So yeah. he's very involved. He's a, he's an artist as well, artist as well. So mm. he does murals and stuff. So that kind of dovetails with the skateboarding right. world. Yeah. How old is he? He's 27 now. Wow. Really? Yeah. Was there ever a point when you did, did that, well, when you're going to get a proper job, and there it is, it is his job. It's fantastic. Y yes. Uh, I've never been able to say that. I've always said, son, just do what you really want to do. Because these days, qualifications, pff, you need so many of them to make any difference. So, mm. uh, just do what you want to do. Brilliant. It's fantastic. Yeah. You are an Arsenal man as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, playing tonight. I mean, it's shaping up. With everything else going on around them and the teams around them being a bit flaky, it's, yes. it's you know, they're, they're, I mean, Arsenal by their stands looking pretty a solid bet for top four at the moment, mm. aren't they? Yes, I think it's more because the others aren't doing so much. I mean, we've always had that, this thing over like 10, 15 years mm. of being hot and cold. So you can really play well against a, a good team and get a good result like, say, Tottenham last year. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden lose to a, you know, a, a team in the di division below. Mm. And it, it seems we lack a James Milner type. I yeah. think tonight's a big test because the yeah. Sheffield United is the sort of game Arsenal could easily lose in the past, whereas... I think tonight they might get something out of the game. Can we do it in Sheffield on a Monday? That's well, that's, yeah, that would be the question. Idea. It's going to be yeah. a, that kind of that typical atmosphere, so it should be it should yeah. be interesting. And like, they're you quite know, good though, Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah. Yes. it's going to be an interesting uh, one. So if you, if you want to leave us with a couple of uh, of gags to give us a flavour, man, I don't want to throw, I'm going to put you on the spot there, Milton. But I mean, uh, I don't think yes, my grandfather, he was a real hero. He broke the Enigma code machine. <laughs> my other grandfather his last words to me were you selfish boy and not long after that I became a fishmonger <laughs> good stuff uh, so go and catch Milton on tour uh, all the warm ups if you go to miltonjones.com um, that'll check things out on social media as well I mean, you kind of use social media not just to say what you're up to you yeah. give people a flavour of what you do yes, on social I'm media yes I'm afraid so yeah. yeah I do so on Twitter I'm the Milton at the Milton Jones. At the Milton Jones and uh, Milton Jones, uh, Milton Comedy Jones on Facebook. Apparently, yes. I may have made a rod for my own back there as well. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport.
Welshman who can sing, who would have thought? Oh, well, fantastic. Enough, lovely, that is the, the, the fantastic, brilliant voice of John Owen Jones. Uh, a bit of uh, climb every mountain there. Um, and uh, I think we're going to be able to talk music and more, and a bit of rugby as well, oh, yeah, because uh, a lifelong ambition uh, realised by John recently. Good to see you. Thanks for Thank coming you. It's in. lovely to be here. Yeah. These gorgeous studios. It's absolutely lovely. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. lovely view out here. Yeah. So we were in, we were in uh, Cardiff on Friday uh, yeah. before the, uh, the quarterfinals and talking about the games. And Lee Byrne and Rupert Moon uh, joined us. Oh, really? And, uh, and, and it, look, it was it was a bit squeaky bum in the end, wasn't it? Oh, on the weekend, don't. it was it was horrendous experience as a Welsh rugby fan. Mm. It was just exhausting and painful. And I'm a, I'm an actor and a singer, so I usually stay up really late. And I was actually performing on Saturday night, so getting up at eight o'clock to watch the rugby <laughs> was enough of a tear. <laughs> apart from having to just sit through that excruciating, painful performance, yeah. where France really, in my opinion, really deserved to win. Yeah, yeah, all turning it? really on on the on the sending off. What a yeah. mad thing to do! Why did he do that? It was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just, you know, you, yeah. It's, and it's not like forty years ago. There's cameras. There's yeah. match officials. Uh, you saw and, him rather daftly looking at where the ref was before he did it as well. So yeah, he, it was obviously quite a deliberate thing to he, do. Have I you don't seen know. the ref's been in trouble there? He, he, bumped, he caught yeah. up with a that bunch pic- of yeah. yeah, the picture. Yeah, bunch of Wales fans, and they've all done a kind of joke elbow uh, pose, haven't they? <laughs> it's really, really it's silly. Could have cost yeah. himself the potentially the final if South Africa don't. Oh, get was there, he slated to do the final? Then? Well, I don't. Um, if, who well, knows? I mean, he probably would have been there. in the frame if South Africa didn't. Well, they're, South Africa aren't going to get to the final. No, of course they're not. Of course they won't be him doing it now. That's a good point, actually, John, because having really been off of it I mean the French it was typical of them wasn't it to come out of yeah. the traps and think god they're playing brilliantly they did play well they hadn't had a good uh, no, run up until they had point, not they? and you couldn't see it that was the feeling certainly in Cardiff the other day that they just Wales would have too much but but having dodged that particular bullet, you now think, well, maybe their name their name is on this. Yeah, you've got to have a bit of luck to win a tournament like this, haven't you? I mean, yeah. unless you're the All Blacks. Well, they're, they're, they have been lucky in the past, let's be honest. They do look better than but anybody they, else. They, yeah, I mean, you know, I've got I've got 50 quid on wheels to win at 14 to 1, so I'm hoping Ooh. that they'll do it just for that. Yeah. Um, but really, I think... Didn't do it each way? Yeah. No, I, I, I had some money left on my account, yeah, so I yeah, used yeah. it up a couple of years ago, which <laughs> is why I got such a good, uh, yeah, it's good odds. odds. But I'm thinking probably the All Blacks are going to be the winners this year from what they've done so far. Well, that means they've got to beat England, I think you're fine. So. And that is going to be a tough game. Yeah. I must admit, <laughs> and look, as a Welsh fan, I'm not supposed to really enjoy watching England play, but yeah. my wife's English, my in-laws are English, so um, I cheered when Johnny Wilkinson kicked that drop goal all those years ago, you oh, know. Um, but it's, um, yeah, England were looking exceptional against Australia, and mm. the All Blacks are looking exceptional, and it could be the final that everybody wants, could be the semi-final next week. Yeah. Well, imagine we said to the boys in Wales, everybody will the rugby fans can you imagine an England Wales final and all the Welsh was and oh, I can't even con that was too much too it is much, it is too literally much too much <laughs> it is and also if you'd won we'd never ever live it down not only would you have won two World Cups and been in three finals <laughs> we'd have got to one final and in that final we would have been beaten by the English it would have been a horrible horrible thing to bear oh. well we, we were in the Principality Stadium on Friday before we did this show and uh, you had the great honour of uh, singing there didn't you earlier this year yeah funnily enough um, it was against England mm. uh, at the Six Nations and uh, we won which was always a joy, you know, and um, to step out onto the pitch, you know, in front of 74,000, you know, rabid rugby fans and, and sing the anthem was like, a, it's an honour 
Yeah, um, incredible. Because an incredible honour for a Welshman, of course. Um, we could sense the atmosphere when there was nobody in the stadium. So yeah, yeah. it's an similar. incredible place on match day, and and win or lose, you know, afterwards the drinking and the partying goes on to the the early hours of the next day. It's really quite an incredible place to be. What did you make of South Africa, though? I mean, I was a bit disappointed that Japan didn't get closer, but they looked pretty brutal. South yeah, Africa, it was if strength told in the end, didn't it? Yeah, really? it did. Yeah, I mean, Japan have been. Just brilliant to watch. The Japan-Scotland game, I think, was the highlight of this World Cup for mm. me. But, um, you know, South Africa, they just had the game plan right from the start, yeah. didn't they? And they smothered them, really. You you uh, you gave the, the crowd Delilah as well when you were oh, on the yeah. pitch, didn't you? That must have been fun. Yeah, it was pretty cool, yeah. I with, mean, the, with, and the, also, with the military band behind you, the Yeah, Welsh we had the, the whole Welsh Guards. We had a choir of 120. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so I led the crowd in Delilah. And... Uh, uh, it was uh, particularly interesting because my uh, my mother and father were there and my mother had never been to an international rugby game. And not only did she see Wales beat England in Cardiff, but mm. she also saw me singing on the pitch. So, uh, <laughs> And wonderful. she said to me afterwards, is it always like this? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's Climb Every Mountain we played there. Is that, yeah. is that kind of there for, for the Wales side as they head into the semi-finals? Well, it's kind of a metaphor, really. I mean, you know, I recorded an album called Spotlight, which I released in February, and it's all musical theatre songs. And yeah. Climb Every Mountain's from the sound of music mm. and the lyric just fits and my engineer was in the studio with me recording it and he said this would be great to play this you know on the tv or something you know when uh, or on the radio just in time for the rugby and i was like yeah the lyric really fits and you know it really fitted uh, on sunday morning because wills really had to climb a mountain you know, <laughs> you're really in did. you're in les mis at the moment is that right i am yeah i do yeah. uh I, I share the role of jean valjean the leading role mm. with alfie beau and oh, uh, right, michael yeah, balls right. in the show as well and matt lucas who of course oh, is a big yeah, arsenal fan yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we've got a bunch of great people in it. It's a really special time to be in the show. Um, it's a special concert version of mm. Les Mis. It's spectacular, and it's at the Gielgud Theatre. It's running till November the 30th. I'm performing tonight, which is why I'm here this afternoon, because well, it's on my way to work. We're very pleased um, to see you. And, uh, yeah, it's a great thing. You can't get tickets, unfortunately. It's sold out months ago, but uh, it's really? great to be part it's of amazing. something it's so special. It's so popular, isn't it? Yeah, it is incredible. It's yeah. in its 35th year now, I think. Yeah. So, wow. And I was involved in the 10th anniversary, so I've been... Wow. Wow. I've been involved with the show for 25 years. So, and in fact, playing the role of Jean Valjean for like 21 years on and off. Yeah. So, yeah. We, we've and, interviewed Alfie, but he likes football. Yeah, Alfie's a Liverpool fan, isn't yeah. he? Oh, is he? Well, I, so am I. I didn't, um, I mean, not, I'm not a huge Liverpool fan. My mm. brother's a huge Liverpool fan. Yeah. Uh, he had a great time last season. And, um, yeah, so I didn't He's know. He's going to have an even better time this season. Yeah, you yeah. think? <laughs> I haven't really been following it. Uh, oh, yeah, part yeah, of the good. problem with working eight shows a week and doing Saturdays two shows is that if I was to follow any sport like football or rug, club rugby or anything like that that, you know, takes place on a Saturday, yeah. it would inevitably ruin my day. <laughs> so I kind of just stick to the big events like the you know, internationals and things like that yeah um, you've got some uh, uh, seasonal stuff coming you've got a Halloween show is that right yes that's right and yeah, some that's Christmas a, shows as well yeah Halloween show in the magic circle um, in there they've got a little theatre up in King's oh. Cross so we're doing I've like been a, there it's incredible yeah I'm really mm. looking forward to it it's, it's really got a museum good. of magic and it we're is, doing it's like a good a, place a Halloween themed sing song with mm. some magicians and stuff, so that should be cool. And then I'm singing um, in Cardiff and Swansea with Only Men Allowed, um, right. a, a Welsh choir, and then I'm doing some Christmas concerts in uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh. Fantastic. So that'll wrap up my year, yeah. Brilliant. The album's got some great tracks on it, actually. Oh, thank really you very much. Brilliant. Yes, yes, yes. So, well, uh, 
so the album's available now. Uh, you can go and catch John in uh, Les Mis, and that's till the when's that? To the end November of November then, 30th, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you can't yeah. catch him in that because you can't get you tickets. Can't get it's completely sold I, out. No, I tell it? a lie. You can get tickets if you're prepared to queue up from like six in the morning. They are. <laughs> they release, I think, twenty standing tickets for fifteen pound. At you can what get. time do they release them? Then I think it's nine a.m. I think. So yeah. okay, I mean, so all three the details three will be on. And you, if you're in the first twenty, yeah, yeah and then you, you can stand. Get. You have the privilege of watching me sing from the back of the auditorium while standing up. You've really sold those tickets, haven't you? The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Okay. Five here we out go five then. Today. Five out Confident. five. Here we go, Andy. Uh, we spoke to Daryl Gurney on Friday when we were in Cardiff, yeah. the fine uh, darts player. And he was doing something special that day for charity. Do you remember what it was? Uh, if you got a nine dart finish, yeah. um, everybody in the audience would get a share of. That wasn't it. He was actually doing something physically to himself. He was doing something physically to himself. Yeah, which was to ask. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a great party piece. You should watch it sometime. And now he's struggling. No, no idea. Shaving his head. He was shaving his head for charity. Uh, We spoke to Paul. I wasn't listening to that bit. Oh, okay. Must have come as news to me. Another pint there. (laughs) Uh, Paul Paul Mattier joined us. He'd written the jewel: uh, how Lord Hastings stole the pocket what. What was she called, the woman that the you stole? The Pocket Venus. The Pocket Venus. Well done, Andy, mm. which a lot of people call you. Uh, we sp- <laughs> no, we no, John- sounds like. <laughs> yeah, sounds like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting very rude. I didn't, I didn't uh, John Day, the author, uh, spoke to us. His new book on pigeon racing. What's it called, the book? Uh, <laughs> yeah? Quick. I don't know. Uh, Loft one word. Loft and found. No, yeah, yeah, no. Uh, um, that's a good one. Uh, homing. Homing. Um, and was quite a good just, pigeon. I'll word. just give you one more. Nick Tanner joined us. He's the world's best fantasy football player. He used to play for Liverpool. And which other club? Southend? No, Bristol Rovers. Oh, God. So there was another Brilliant. one. Do you want me to give it to you? Who's John Sinjin Burkett? Who is oh, Sinjin? The, I know. The chairman of the World Conquerors. Yeah, go on then. That's not bad. Okay, we'll leave it there. Not five out of five then. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talk Sport. So there we are. Not, not a vintage, don't ask me, from your point of view. No. Forgot no. Ga- uh, Daryl Gurney. I was going to call him Garrel Gurney. Garrel <laughs> Gurney in the Gox. Had shaved his head. I never even heard that. Ben no, 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 not to worry. Well, you were on outside broadcast. You might have just zoned out. You were probably eating your goujons then, <laughs> weren't you? I was. Get your priorities right, <laughs> eh? Uh, we'll see you tomorrow with Rick Edwards and also Dave Gorman in the studio. To the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of. Real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.